What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Call Us Recruits. Like always, I'm your host, Adam. Join along here with Liam, and Ben's back today. Uh, so how's it going tonight, boys? It's good. It's, it's been a while since I, I've talked to you guys, um, but great day today. I had a good eight-hour work day, got a nice chest day in, and yeah, ready to get back on the on the pod. It's been a while. Good man, Ben. We uh we missed you, buddy. We we had some fans write in say how much they miss you, saying that your chest is looking really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fucking good. We uh you know we had Trevor come on as a replacement, and he did a pretty uh you know he he, he tried to be the best BMAC possible, but no one's truly you. So that's <laughs> yeah, it's a hard hard shoes to fill. Um. I'm not doing too bad, boys. I just got a I got a new puppy last weekend, so I, I've been dealing with him. He's like he's like a little newborn. Uh, he's two months old. Call him Barney, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's he's doing pretty good. So other than that, uh, it's exam period for me. I know you boys are working, so just going through that and uh, you know trying to uh, keep up with you, boys. Yeah, you know, living life right now. Uh, two weeks left in my job two weeks left to the draft so it's a it's a pretty good time to be excited and the boy has residence right now but uh so today we're gonna be talking with the nhl trade deadline um spoiler alert we might get heated towards the end of this so uh put a heads up for that uh before we get going we're just gonna talk about the jadavian Clowney signing jadavian Clowney signed a one-year 10 million dollar deal with the browns uh this morning i really like the signing i think it's low risk it's a one-year deal not tied up in cap and Jadavion Clowney past two years hasn't produced the sack totals that he's he's came to accustomed to, but he's been going on a roster with the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett, so he's going to be the secondary pass rusher. He's not going to be asked to do as much as he was on the Tennessee Titans and Seahawks. So I really like the trade. Like I said, low risk, one-year deal. It doesn't work out. He's off the books next year. But what are your, your guys' thoughts? Yeah, this, this kind of frees them up to kind of do whatever they want with the draft because everyone had the mock, mocking... Um, one of the many edge rushers. Now they can really just take the best available player uh, who's left on the board, maybe maybe a guy in the secondary, but they kind of fill those needs in free agency too. So kind of a surplus really, now. Really, they just, they just take whoever the best available player on their board is, which is really what you should do anyways. But uh, yeah, I really like this move for the Browns. Yeah, their their defense is going to be a wagon next year, man. Like <laughs> Just talking about the draft real quick, I, I'm just thinking back. They don't really have any needs. Like, I'm, so I'm going on offense, right? The, their receivers are extremely solid. Oh, that Beckham Jr., Landry, Higgins. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, miss, I'm missing a couple of their rookies who they drafted last year. Peoples-Jones, another one. Yeah. Uh, they have two tight ends. They have, an, um, well, they have three tight ends. They have Hooper and Gone. Or, I'm um, sorry. Njoku. <laughs> Francis. And, <laughs> and they, uh, they drafted that kid out of Florida, Brian. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, they drafted an offensive lineman last year. In the Curtis Wills. Round. They're the best they offensive line in football, probably, too. <laughs> yep, yep, that. They have a solid QB. They have an, uh, two amazing running backs. So they're, their offense is oh. solid. Um, their defense is, is extremely solid as well. They don't have too many secondary needs. Uh, maybe a linebacker? <laughs> like, linebacker. I Something I was um, – my brother's actually a Browns fan. I was talking to him today. If Caleb Farley falls you at 26, why not go and get him? Greedy Williams has those injury problems as well. So why as well just get – if Caleb Farley falls them, I love that pick for them because he had to play him beside Denzel Ward. 
I think Greedy Williams would be a fine player, but he hasn't played enough. So it's it's basically yeah, but like BMAC said BPA. They don't really have any glaring needs. Linebackers add in the secondary is a bad idea. But their trenches are dominant. That defensive line is dominant. That offensive line is dominant. I would consider them the second best team in the AFC now. You also still have to think about edge ed rusher too, because depending on how long Jadavian's going to be there, Very a lot of the, a lot of these guys aren't going to be um, that great in their first year anyway. So maybe grab a guy, sit him behind uh, Jadavian and, and Miles Garrett for a year, yeah, and have him be your guy next year, and let Jadavian go um, for the cheaper option. Yeah, the only way I see them losing is if if you really see something special by Lamar Jackson. Whereas that's that's called kind of always a, a variable X factor, but well, they're like, they're a pretty deep team too, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's gonna be that's gonna be a hell of a game. Raven against Browns. Um, I feel bad for all Steelers fans, particularly yeah. Connor Galhuli. Uh, sucks to be you. And uh, yeah, sorry, sorry to all the Steelers fans out there. Yeah. If Baker takes a jump again, or even plays like he did last year, like they're gonna be a scary team. They made a run last year, and with a very very depleted defense and secondary in the playoffs so i'm excited hopefully everyone stays healthy but yeah i think they're they're a wagon the browns if you haven't got on get on now <laughs> I, I know um i know we're talking a little bit of hockey right now but i just want to just think about this real quick like the steelers so we talked about uh last episode about the eagles um how they're they're kind of directionless right now and that they're they got to rebuild and do some stuff um so they're going to pick the best player available in the upcoming draft what are the steelers doing like in terms of big Ben, they, they got to realize that there's no chance that they're going to win this division with that, with that QB. Why not pick a QB? Like I, like, what do you think they should do this year? Should they tank? The problem is they, they they don't really have the assets to trade up and get one of these QBs. Um, So, so it's, they're they're not good. They're not bad enough to tank either though. So they'll probably pick in around the 15s and they have a good roster. So maybe they trade up next year for a guy, but, I don't think they have the assets this year, and I don't think they're going to be bad enough next year to get one of the top guys. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a shot at the QB in round two, three, or four. Someone like Kellen Mond, like we saw Kyle Trask, even, uh, what's his name, Davis Mills out of Stanford. He's a guy that's yeah. kind of frozen up people's draft boards. He's got a lot of intangibles. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think they will take one. Um, whenever you can take QB later in the round, it's not really that big of, a, big of an ask. So I think that would be something they look and do. Like someone like Kellen Mond or Davis Mills, I think would be a good fit to learn behind Big Ben and see what you got. And then if you're not good enough, you try to trade up in the next draft or take one later in the first round. Yeah, I think that's the game plan. I like it. I like it a lot. Do you uh, want to move on? Yeah. So, um, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about the NHL trade deadline. We're going to be recapping the biggest trades, and then we'll get into the Leafs uh, trade acquisitions out of then. And that's where will get heated. So without further ado, I'll list off the, the last trade of probably the day at buzzer beater. It's Anthony Mantha getting sent to the Capitals. Uh, the Red Wings got back Jakob Verona, Richard Panic, a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 second round pick. Um, I'll let uh, either BMAC or really start it off. What are your initial thoughts to those trades for both teams? I actually like it for both teams. A lot of guys have been kind of ripping on the Capitals for giving, like you, you paid a big price, but their window's closing and it's closing really fast. Mantha's an upgrade. It's, it's kind of something that they not necessarily had to do, but they only have a couple more years left in this window. They got to go all in. Yeah. Um, they'll tank in a couple years anyways. Um, but Mantha's a great player. He's been in Detroit, hasn't been that great, but 
Brana is really like he, he's going to be awesome um, for for Detroit, and a huge part of that rebuild is along with that first round and second round pick. Yeah, yeah I, I, you go ahead, boys. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, BMAC. I think it's a good trade for both teams. The Red Wings got a lot back for Anthony Mantha, and the Capitals got a player in Anthony Mantha who is a very very good goal scorer. He's going to shine more where he's not asked to do so much in an offense. He's going to play on the line. I'm not sure he played last night. I think he's on the first time playing with Ovi and Backstrom, I believe it is. I could be wrong, though. But, um, yeah, I think it's a great trade. He's also signed until 2024, so you get someone with a good contract. So, like, I think his AAV is like 5.5, something around there. So someone set up until 2024, got length on his term. He's, he's a great player. I really like Anthony Mantha as an offensive and even defensive forward. Yeah, full discretion coming to the season. Anthony Mantha is one of my favorite players in NHL. Um, I really thought he was going to pop. I, I'm a big, big fan of him. I, I thought he's a phenomenal goal scorer, and he, he kind of never figured it out with the Red Wings. Um, I think him going to the Caps is going to be absolutely brilliant. I can see him as a 40-goal goal scorer next year. Um, you either have Kuznetsov or Backstrom kind of pass, passing the puck. Uh, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. But if you look from the Detroit Red Wings point of things, in the 2021 upcoming draft, um, they have two first round picks, three second round picks, two third round picks, two fourth round picks, two fifth round picks, one sixth round pick, and they have no seventh round picks. So they're, they're fully loaded, um, in this upcoming draft, which is, which is good for them. You know, uh, we'll see Steve Eiserman often finds value, uh, later in the draft. So we'll see if he can work his magic. Uh, I, I really like this trade. I also think that Verona is a player who you put him in that system. Maybe he pops, maybe you trade him for a first round pick next year. You know, may, maybe you, you never know. Right. So I liked it. I like it from both perspectives. I think you guys are absolutely spot on. Um, I'm excited. To, I'm excited for Mantha to, to uh, light the lamp. I, one thing I, I would say is Mantha or uh, Line next year. I think that Mantha from this point on now, given their respective teams, because, because I know it's, this is a very tricky statement because Mantha is on a team with Kuznetsov or Backstrom as a center. But I, I think that Mantha will have a better career than Patrick Laine from this point on. I don't, I, I honestly am, I'm pretty convinced at this point that Laine isn't in Columbus next year. So it, it really depends on so many different factors that I think Laine is probably the better talent still as much as I believe Mantha's a fucking phenomenal hockey player. Look, the talent that Patrick Laine has is insane. He just needs to be in the right situation. How much would you pay him if he was a UFA? Uh, You're Arizona. Arizona If I I was Arizona, I don't know, man. It's it's so hard with him because it's it's kind of boomer bust. What what line are you going to get? Like if you get the if you get a line A that's gonna work hard, eight mil. But if you don't get maybe even more. But if you don't get that guy's if you get the guy who's just gonna sit in his room and play video games and not care about hockey, then you don't want to pay any more than like four four five now. Like it's hard. Yeah, I think it all depends where like the line A you're getting. Like you said, when he stages of his career and. Winnipeg, he's phenomenal. He dominated, dominated the game, has a tremendous shot. just depends if he's going to work or not. Uh, that experiment Columbus has done very, very bad so far towards his bench and late in the game multiple times. So we'll see. Uh, I'm interested where he is next year. Like D-Max said, I don't think it's Columbus. I don't think he would want to stay there after his experiment. It's just kind of hurting his value and deteriorating him. But 
we'll see. Do you have any last thoughts, Willie, before we move on to the next trade? Yeah, I just think about it quickly. You know what exactly what I'd do for, for uh, Patrick Lane? I'd give him Willie Nylander's contract, and I'd say either you sign this or, or, or we don't sign you. I think uh, at 6.974 would, would, be a, would be a nice contract for Lane. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty that's fair, fair deal for him. Um, can we talk quickly? I know we've talked about this trade a lot, but Steve, Stevie Eisenman, like he's one of the best general managers in the league. And I'm, I'm a big, like, I hate how the NHL always just hires ex players as general managers and stuff. I think it's kind of silly. Like you, you might want a guy with like a degree in whether it's statistics or business or something, but I don't know. Like Joe Sackick's also one of the Joe best Sackick. general managers yeah. in the league. So yeah. Yeah. CBY is a very, very good GM. Also a very good prospect value too. Finds a lot of value late in drafts. Like, so he has so many picks in Detroit. I would put all my confidence in him that he's going to accelerate this rebuild. You already have a lot of pieces. We discussed this earlier in, the, earlier in a couple of podcasts ago, that they have a lot of pieces already. So we'll see what Stevie Y can do this rebuild. But I think the Red Wings are definitely headed in the right direction. And I'll put all my faith in Stevie Y because he hasn't done anything to doubt him so far. Couldn't agree more. All right, so the, the next biggest trade, we'll go on to the Taylor Hall trade. Taylor Hall was traded to the Bru- uh, the Bruins. Uh, they also The Sabres also sent Curtis Lazar, and the Sabres got back a 2021 second-round pick in Andres Bjork. So, Willie, what are, your, what are your initial thoughts on this for both teams? Yeah, personally, I wouldn't touch Taylor Hall with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> I think uh, Peter Bjork will have more goals than Taylor Hall this season, um, which is which is a stunning statement, but it, it might be true. Uh, two goals this season. Taylor Hall is, um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things. You don't know what type of Taylor Hall you're going to get. Now, Kevin Adams, um, you know, he's a rookie general manager. I think you saw more experience from a manager in um, uh, the GM for the Calgary Flames, where he got more from Sam for Sam Bennett than um, yeah. uh, Hall, than um, Kevin Adams got for Hall. He he did it. He didn't wait till the last minute, which I, I fully don't understand why. Um, maybe because he thought uh, some teams were were going to move off of Hall, so he was a little bit scared, uh, which is fair. You know, he's a rookie; doesn't have too much experience. Um, Again, like I said, I I personally don't like Hall. I I, th- I don't think he, he's a um, he's he's a player I want on my roster. Is he a good talent? Yeah, he's a good talent. Did you know Taylor Hall in the past two seasons has the most breakaways out of any player in the NHL? Do you also want to know another stat? He hasn't scored on a single breakaway <laughs> in the past two years. So <laughs> you know, um, I I don't know. I I really didn't. Well, well actually, yeah, one thing I love to talk to you guys about is. John Chaka traded for Taylor Hall last year, uh, the Arizona Coyotes. And that was probably the most stunning, perplexing trades I've ever seen in my entire life. They traded for him and they gave up a lot of assets knowing that they couldn't resign him. I thought that was a horrible, horrible trade. Um, and yeah, would, I'd love to hear you guys' spins. Yeah, I, I don't like that trade either. They gave up a lot for Taylor Hall. And when you're, there's a team that were very, very good at the start and they're going for it. And when you don't succeed, when you go all into the deadline like that, and when you're getting a rental player, if you don't make a deep playoff run, it's a failure um, for giving those many assets. Say the, the Coyotes made a deep playoff run, made the conference finals, and it was a success, but they didn't do anything with Taylor Hall in their roster. Yeah, it was almost getting to the point for Arizona where like they had to do something or their team was going to get moved. I, I, I still think like move, move that team 
to, to a bigger market, like a bigger hockey market. Or just, like, because their arena's all the way out in, like, Scottsdale, too. Like, the team's... Like, they traded for Taylor Hall to bring publicity to the team and get them in the playoffs for once. And they they need to move. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's uh, very well that, said. Arizona Coyotes is a very interesting conversation. Um, what are your thoughts on the Boston trade? Um, I, I like, I would, I'm excited to see Hall on an actual good team. Like how many good teams has he played on in his career? Like he gets all this bad rap for always playing on bad teams and like never, his, his teams never succeed, but it, it, hockey's a team game. Like he, he hasn't had that much around him throughout his career. So I'm excited to see him in Boston with some good players. Maybe he gets to play with Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, some combination if they split that big top line up. Um, and maybe he starts putting up some numbers, although he played with Eichel this year for a lot of the time and you know. scored two goals. So who knows? Yeah, also, I, I like the trade for the Bruins. Like They didn't give up too much. They got a player like Hall. They didn't give up a first-round pick. They didn't give up a big-time prospect. So I like the trade for the Bruins. Uh, there's like statements and like reports going around that they're interested in resigning them. So if you can get Hall locked up on a team friendly deal um, by not giving up too many assets, I think it's a win. And I think he's going to provide score and depth to that team. If he can get back to his heart trophy winning form, like he had at the devils. How much would you uh, sign Hall as an unrestricted free agent? Oh, not this game again. Probably Willie Nylander contract. Same, yeah. same as kind of line. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Honestly, yeah. really? That's I, I was probably- thinking Four mil max. No, he'll go way more oh, than that. Come on, man. Like Zach Hyman's gonna get more than four mil. He won the so. heart a couple years ago. Like give him a break. Like, even though that entire Buffalo team was a tire fire. Like Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's an interesting topic. I know we're gonna talk about Nick Foligno, but uh, a little bit later, but you know, Kyle Dubas had the option to either get Taylor Hall, or Nick Foligno, and he, he he got Nick um because a large part is um you know the the, the non tangibles, the the leadership qualities. Where you have Hall, where he he seems to be like a horrible I don't I don't want to say the c word, but um uh, c word in the locker room. Um, you know, he he goes to Edmonton, kind of ruins there. He goes to New Jersey, ruins there. Goes to, you know, um, I, I was talking to uh, an executive for the Arizona Coyotes last year, and he said that oh, one of the reasons why Taylor Hall was playing so bad in New Jersey is because he just broke up with his girlfriend. So <laughs> that that's why he's doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's a fair point. But I was talking to Con, and Con made the really good point of, hey, like. <laughs> You shouldn't have to, as a general manager, as a personnel uh, for an organization, you shouldn't have to care if a player broke up with his girlfriend. You know what I mean? The player should be consistent 24-7. When you have a player that has consistent, um, you know, mind games in his head, I I wouldn't feel comfortable handing him a $7 million contract. Yeah, that's that's very true. Well, I think it's just the name that will get the contract. He's he's still a success. He's still at a decent age, too. He's not getting up there in age yet. So I think... Yeah, like 6.5, somewhere around there. The Willie contract is probably what he will get. I probably wouldn't pay him that, but I feel like that's what he will get on an open market. Like, like, and if you're if you're a general manager that looks at some advanced analytics too, like Taylor Hall has been one of the most unlucky players in the NHL this year. Like, he, he won the Hart Trophy. He has some shooting talent. His expected goals are way above too. Like, he's, I think, the highest player in the league in terms of... Uh, 
goals below expected right now. So that would be points to maybe he's a little undervalued right now, depending on what uh, contract he gets. Because as Adam said, he still has huge name value. Um, that's going to be stuck to whatever the contract he gets is. But he's gonna he's gonna be better than two goals next season. Yeah, for and sure. even the rest of this season, like. Yeah. Um, so if we move, move on to the next trade, Willie briefly mentioned this. It's just the next on my list. Sam Bennett got traded to the Panthers. Um, the Calgary Flames got back a 2022 second round pick. Emil Heineman, and a, they also sent a 2022 sixth round pick to the Florida Panthers. I can start it off with one. I don't really get this trade. I, he's going to play in the bottom nine. I think he's a fine player for the bottom nine. Do I think he's worth a second round pick? No. Two but, second round picks. Two second round picks. Two second round picks. Well, okay. well Heineman was a second round pick. Though. Okay. So. Okay. So yeah, two second round picks. So do I think he's worth this? No. Is he going to provide the Panthers value in the bottom nine? Yes. Uh, we'll see how far they can make it, but I don't think he's worth that value. But he's still a player that's going to play. He's a good penalty killer. Um, he's going to provide value in the bottom nine, but I just don't think he's worth the value the flame uh, the Panthers gave for gave up. Yeah, I definitely don't like the value. Um, even though I'm a huge like Sam Bennett fan, he lives or not lives anymore, but he, in elementary school, he lives like two minutes from my house. So I'm a big fan of him. He's from my hometown. Um, so I've always been a big fan of him growing up. Uh, unfortunately, uh, like he's, he's going to play in the bottom, bottom nine, as Adam said. He's not going to provide two second round picks worth of value unless like they could keep him around for a while. So maybe it's worth it if they end up keeping him around. Two second round picks isn't that big of a deal if he's going to stay there long term. But I, I don't love the value for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, F- Florida's an organization where – you kind of just said it I, in terms of uh, talking about the Arizona Coyotes where they had to make a big splash um, because, because, you know, the market, you know, they, they need a bigger market. Um, that, that's, that's where I kind of see Florida. They gave, they gave Bob that huge contract. I find a lot of the times they make kind of big splashes because they want to contend. They really, really want that Stanley cup, but it's not the most strategic. And I think this is another example of it. Um, two seconds for Sam Bennett. I'm not the biggest fan of Sam Bennett. Um, I, 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 just, I, I don't understand it personally. Uh, I think Heineman's a, a, a phenomenal player. Um, he's currently playing the SHL, 13 goals in 48, uh, sorry, 13 points in 48 games. Um, I think he projects as a solid uh, defenseman in the NHL. Um, would I have done it? No. Do I, do I su- understand why Florida did it? Yes. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Florida also hasn't gotten too many rentals like this in the past few years. They can afford to give up a couple picks like that um, where other teams that have been in the rental market for years and years and their prospect pools are depleted. Maybe they can't afford the luxury, but Florida, Florida needs one. Let's give them one. It, yeah. it, would, it, it would have been nice to see uh, like a Mantha go to Florida. Like if you trade like Saran Noel – and like a second round pick, and then you know, I don't know, another player for for a player like Math, like add a little more firepower to that team. That would look pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we can move uh, on to the next. Oh, go ahead, B Max. No, I, I still don't get why they didn't re-sign Dadnov, but that's for another day. Yeah. So we move on to the next trade. Um, I'm going to the Jeff Carter trade. The Penguins get Jeff Carter. Uh, they gave up a conditional 2022 third round pick and 2023 fourth round pick. The conditions are still not released by the teams, but we'll see. Kind of, it's probably some playoff extensions or how many goals he scores. I'm not sure the exact extensions, but somewhere around that nature. 
I'll, it's initial my initial takeaways. I think it's a good move for the Penguins. I like Jeff Carter's game. I think he's a he's a good player. He's going to provide value in that playoffs. Kind of like the Capitals, their window's closing. The Penguins they went out and got a player that's not like the caliber of Anthony Mantha for the Capitals, but he's a player that's going to provide value on their team. He's played in a lot of playoff games and he can still score goals at a good level. I don't really care about this move. It's not really going to do much. Yeah. yeah I, they, they gave up nothing. Carter's not going to do all that much. Whatever. That's fair. I, I just looked up uh, Carter's age. I didn't know how old he was. I thought he was gonna be like 32. I was going to say maybe he's a little more gas left in the tank. He's 36 years old. So yeah, he's pretty yeah. well. Um, I, I, yeah, like you said, I really don't mind it. It's low risk. Um, Decent home. reward. <laughs> yeah, like I, I well, no, like he can I play power I, play though. Still, he can play power play. He, yeah, definitely. You, you, I don't know. I, I think if I have Crosby on my team, hopefully, I think Brian Burke and uh, Ron Hexar currently work on a game plan. Um, I think that they do need to trade Malkin. I think that that needs to be uh, primary number one this off season. I'm glad I didn't do it during the regular season. Um, but yeah, you know, third and fourth. they need some youth on that team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I'll go off the next trade. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights acquire Matthias Janmark in a 2022 fifth round pick for a 2021 second round pick and 2022 third round pick. Uh, not not a big acquisition, but I like Matthias Janmark's game. I think he'll provide value. Uh, probably he's probably going to play in that third line. Probably slot as a third line center. Going to provide value to the Vegas taking another playoff run. But what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, like it's they're not giving up that much. It's like second round pick for a guy that's going to play third line minutes. Pretty fair trade for both sides. Um, Chicago wasn't going to do much this year anyway, so good for them to get value for an asset that they weren't going to keep. Yeah, but Matthias Hamrick was was a beast last year with the Dallas Stars in the playoffs. Um, he, he He's a nice bottom six guy. You know, he, yeah. he, he's the type of guy who I really like that acquisition. Um, you know, I, I, Vegas has kind of shown in history, uh, I'm thinking primarily with the, the CEO trade that they don't really mind giving up second and third round picks. Um, a lot of times NHL, the hit rate for those picks are not very high. Um, so, you know, they, they, they got uh decent uh, compensation for that in Yanmark. And, uh, you know, I, I think I'm interested to see what Chicago does. Because Chicago, Chicago's a team where Hayes is going to come back next season. Kirby Doc, they have Adam Bockfist. By the way, I just ordered an Adam Bockfist jersey and it came in the other Bo- day. So Bockfist, I think. Bockfist. Bo- Adam Bockfist. He's a future Norris winner. Okay, easy. Easy on that one. He's a phenomenal defenseman, but like, calm down a little bit. Everyone, every every young defenseman you talk about is a fucking future. Defenseman. Yeah, Jake Sanderson, the best player to come since Jesus Jake- Christ. <laughs> you fucking watch your mouth, there, boys. Nah, like, I'm sticking by the point Kale that car is gonna rip off ten Norris's in a row. Yeah, there. Quinn Hughes is in there too. <laughs> your boy Miro Haskinen, you who you're in love with as well. Oh yeah, but um, I like him, man. Like. You know, Vegas, Vegas is preparing themselves for a deep playoff run, and that's the type of shit you got to do. Um, not, not, not much other to, else to say other than then. Uh, I'm excited to see the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs this year. I, th- I think they're going to be um, this the year the hardest out. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'll go off one more trade before we get into least talk. Yeah, I'll go into a couple of suspension talks as well. But uh, the one that happened a bit bit earlier, on April 10th, uh, the Lightning acquired David Savard and Brian Lashoff was a three-time three-team trade. They gave up a 2021 first-round pick and a 2022 third-round pick to the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Detroit Red Wings for that fill-in team to take on some cap hit and they got a 2021 fourth-round pick off it. Uh, this is a trade I really like for the Lightning. Lightning here a powerhouse, so you get more depth in the defensive the defensive line and David Savard is a phenomenal hockey player he is very good defensively he's going to provide valuable minutes in the playoffs and the lightning are poised for another cup run uh, this year yeah the, yeah, the rich get richer <laughs> yep <laughs> one of the more interesting things where you see this year is you see some teams um, how they value the draft because this draft is definitely a crapshoot where you have a lot of these kids who haven't played that much as a result of uh, the OHL being shut down um, WHL just started up again and a lot of these kids uh, have gone overseas so um, you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets and uh, I guess they valued it they see value here they have three first round picks that come in draft um, and you see again once again the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, not value um, their high end draft uh, choices which is which is you know when, when you have a development system like Tampa Bay Lightning where you can kind of pick a fifth round draft pick each develop them yeah um, I, Dennis Savard's, I think a lot of teams in NHL would have loved Dennis Savard to have on their David. roster. Is there, fuck. <laughs> Alrighty, here we go. There, there is a Dennis there Savard. Is, he, he's just, like, he had concussion problems, head. right? Like, really bad. Like, oh, can't walk anymore or something like that. It was like some, yeah, but there's a Dennis Savard. Yeah, he, he was a very good hockey player. He just had so many concussion problems. Like, his, like, brain, I'm pretty sure he's like, can't remember a lot of stuff. I know he's had Severe concussion problems from the NHL, but uh, David, D- David, David Cigar, <laughs> David Savard, Cigar, there you go. <laughs> is uh, yeah, you know, he, he's a player. He, he's your prototypical top four defenseman, beast, uh, defensive stalwart. Um, he's gonna look nice in that blue line, and it's gonna make uh, Tampa Bay landing a very difficult out in this upcoming playoffs. Yeah. So um, before we get into the uh, the two extensions, do you guys have any other trades you'd like to mention before we get into Leafs talk as well? Yeah, uh, well, you didn't mention any Ottawa Senators <laughs> like, trades. When do they get a six-round pick and they're going to... So Ottawa Senators, uh, phenomenal. Uh, so last year they traded for Mike Riley, a fifth round. They traded a fifth-round pick to the Montreal Canadiens from Mike Riley. And they, they flipped them this year for a third-round pick to the Boston Bruins. Um, with uh, with Grizzly being out, I think that's a phenomenal acquisition by Boston. Um, they picked up Lazard, Hall, and Riley. Um, I, I I was texting this to uh, to one of my buddies. You know, when you have that line, I kind of think you have to go for it every year. Now, whether it's small acquisitions like they did this year, or the, or they go big like they did last year with getting Cache, um, and I think they got another player last year. But you know, I, I think Riley's a really serviceable defenseman. I think he'll resign there. I think he's a he's a solid top four defenseman. And we we netted a, a fourth rounder, uh, sorry, a third rounder for him. Any opinions on that? I don't I mean, care. It's a, it's an Ottawa trade. Uh, doesn't doesn't really come to my attention. Uh, they'll probably <laughs> they'll probably screw up the draft anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, an, another another trade that happened is um, we traded um. Good brands for a seventh round pick. That was that was tough to see him go for a seventh. I kind of wish you trade him. He's a really good veteran leadership, and we traded Braden Colborn for a seventh rounder as well. So, 
We uh, we're accumulating the draft picks. We have seventh seventh round picks. How fun Pontius started in the seventh. <laughs> hey hey, Tom Brady was found in the seventh, in the sixth round. So Tom worry. Brady plays in the fucking NFL though. <laughs> Tom Brady's also the goat. You're, you're like every kid. Oh, Tom Brady got picked in the sixth round. I, I can make it. <laughs> Michael Jordan was cut by his high school. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah Michael yeah. Jordan was drafted third fucking overall. <laughs> Willie, <laughs> oh, sometimes uh you want to talk about the extensions yeah i'll get into the two extension the biggest one alex i follow us on a four-year 60 million dollar extension with the los angeles kings um i think it's a great signing for the kings that's gonna be good value for him as a player uh, well, while they go through this rebuild rebuild i'll go through the other extension before you guys hear your thoughts scott lawton signed a five-year 50 million dollar extension with the philadelphia flyers again it is great value uh, $3 million cap hit. I like Scott Lawton as a player. He's a player that's going to play in your your bottom six on that third line. He's going to be a pass to play again. So he's a player every team loves to have, and I think that's good value for Scott Lawton. Yeah, yeah. The, the only problem I have with those is they're not going to be more than just role players. And yeah. we got a flat cap here the next couple of years. Now, LA won't have to worry too much about the cap anyways. But paying like a role player $4 million in this flat cap time where th- th- there's going to be a lot of teams in cap trouble might not be the best idea. But I, I like Iafolo and uh, Lawton both as players. So, yeah, I actually um, I completed an analysis on me and my buddy uh, Johnny Geds completed analysis on Iafolo, uh, which will be. It 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 uh, be published soon. Um, I had him at three years, I believe three uh, three point seven five. So I was off by a year and two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. And John was was very close as well. He had him between that. I think he had him between three point seven five and four point two five. So he was almost right on the money. Um, I follow is a really good player that uh, needs to be surrounded by very good talent. He's not going to drive play, but he can play first line minutes. He has a really skillful player, continuously makes the smart plays, uh, phenomenal hand-eye coordination. But once again, doesn't drive play. So he's really uh, dependent on his line mates, which is fine. You know, you, you're going to pay a guy four mil. Um, you know, that's a decent amount of money personally. Uh, I think Scott Lawton's a phenomenal, phenomenal signing. He wanted to play in, with the Flyers, so he signed a hometown, not a, uh, he signed a discount to play there. Um, one of the more interesting things when you look at both signings is I would rather have Scott Lawton on my roster than I follow. And Scott Lawton signed the cheaper contract. So it's definitely uh, it, it, an interesting situation there. Um, I had a lot in this guy's schedule or uh, circle for the Ottawa Senators who I would love to have in my bottom six. I think any team would love to have a player like Scott in their bottom six. I, I'd probably rather I, I have follow, but. I'm pretty close with those two guys. Um, they'll play somewhat similar roles, but they're, they're on different teams. So I, I follow is obviously going to be higher up in the lineup when he plays on a team like LA, whereas Lawton will be down uh, lower on a really deep Philadelphia Flyers team that's been struggling this year. Yeah, I agree with both your takes. Uh, so we reached a time. We're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs deadlines acquisitions. Um, this might get heated, might not. We'll see. We'll see how absurd Willie's takes are. We'll, we'll see how many buttons he pushes of mine. So, without further ado, the Leafs made, they went all on this deadline. I thought a lot of their acquisitions are very good. It made their team a lot better. So, the biggest 
biggest acquisition was getting Nick Foligno. Um, they only retained 25% of his salary in Stefan Nosen. Uh, and they gave up a 2021 first and a 2022 fourth. The Jackets, who retained 50% of the salary. And the Sharks for a 2021 fourth, who retained 25% salary. So, BMAC, you're, you're at least fan. I'll, I want to hear your takeaways before uh, me and Willie kind of take it away as well. Yes. Yeah, so, so, we talked, um, actually, it might have been the last episode that I was on about how I didn't really want the Leafs to go too crazy with trading first round picks this year. Um, but I, I do really like Nick Felino. He's going to provide a lot of value for them, probably on that third line, but he can play up in the lineup. Um, Hopefully that first round picks very late in, in a weird draft that a lot of these picks are probably going to be more, we'll, we'll see more misses on these picks than we ha- had in past years, at least later in the first round. So it's, it's fine. I, I'm not too excited about it, but I'm, I'm not too mad about it either. So. All right, Willie, you go first. So uh, I'll see how mad you make me. Yeah, so when I first heard about the Nick Foligno trade, I loved it. I'm like, oh, yeah, nice. Uh, Nick Foligno's a really solid guy in the locker room, you know, team captain of Columbus. Um, one of the more interesting things is he's one of the best four checkers in the NHL. So, the, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs have the lead a lot um, and they need four checkers. So he, he's going to be really good for that role. I think he, he fits perfectly for the role that they're looking for him to fill. And um, at first, I thought it was a phenomenal acquisition. Riley Nash trade was excellent. Um, uh, just some strategic, very genius LTIR um, move. Uh, ben Hutton and D- David Riddick. I'll, I'll kind of, okay, so I, we can talk about David Riddick a little bit later. But so Nick Foligno, Riley Nash, Ben Hutton, and David Riddick are all UFAs after this season. Um, you know, a- after I, I started to sit on it and think a little bit, I, I really, dislike what the Toronto Maple Leafs did. And, and I'm, I'm going to reference back to something you said earlier today, boys. You know, Kyle Dubas is a phenomenal at evaluating talent and, and drafting players. And I thought about it. And uh, I was on the phone with a scout the other day, and he, he told me that, hey, by the way, because, because of COVID-19, um, a lot of teams had to cut their scouting staff, except for two teams, Tampa Bay Lightning and Toronto Maple Leafs. They almost seem to have unlimited budgets. The trial, I think Toronto Maple Leafs has like something like, uh, like 50 scouts. It's MLSC. Pardon? MLSC is rich. So yeah, <laughs> they have a lot of money so they can afford that. And as a result, you often see with their draft picks, you know, they're really good at picking draft picks, uh, especially recently. Um, so you said that and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that that's a really fair point. Um, and then, okay, so then you look at their core. So Austin Matthews, 23 years old, Mitch Marner, 23, and Willie Melander, 24. Um, I think, you know, Matthews is a phenomenal player. I think, you know, there's a little bit of room to grow, but not, not too much. Uh, he's, almost, he's a phenomenal player. I think Mitchell Marner um, hasn't hit a ceiling yet. I think there's a lot of room to grow for him. Um, and I, I really don't think these guys have hit their peaks of, of their careers. So I'm looking here, and it's currently 2021. And I'm looking at the next two drafts. They only have six picks in the next two drafts. They traded away. They traded away a first, two fourths, a fifth, a seventh, and a third this year. They traded away six picks. Sorry. In, in two days, Kyle Dubas traded away six picks in the next two drafts. So all this, oh, they're really good at evaluating players. Well, man, they have no picks. Now, the reason why this is crucial is when 
your core players, Matthew Marner, Nealander, hit the prime of their career, you're not going to have that assets to trade away. You, 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 And even next year, when you're looking in the exact same position, you can't trade your first round pick next year because what – you, you, you had a first-round pick last year. You didn't have a first-round pick the year before that because of the Patrick Marlowe. You're not going to have a first-round pick next year. And you only have a first, second, and sixth next year. So you have no assets to give away. I just – they went all in for it. I honestly think that they should have just stuck to their guns, continue to accumulate assets, and then maybe really, really go for it in a year or two or maybe two or three years when players like Marner really hit the prime of their careers. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with a lot of the things you said, even though I may be a little bit biased at least. I, I do think they'll at least consider keeping Riddich, um, who they gave up a third-round pick for. And if if they do end up keeping him, that, that makes it a lot better of a trade. Um, I, I could see him and Jack Campbell, um, them going with them as a tandem next year. Um, but, but we'll see if they let him go uh, if they let him go for a guy that's not going to start any playoff games unless the worst case scenario happens, a third round pick's a lot to give for a guy that might start five regular season games. And, and sorry, just before you go boys, um, I didn't like the day. Okay, first of all, I don't like David Riddick. I think he's a shitty goalie, and I think that that's that's really- wrong. That's though. like, come on, man. Like- Look, all I'm going to say is I, I watched him a good amount with Calgary and I, I really don't think you guys are going to like him. And I also think um, Anton Forsberg, who's been playing with Ottawa Senators, you, we you guys could have got him for a fifth-round pick from us. We would have given you ha- happily. He's been playing amazing. I think he, he's playing better than David Riddick right now. So, I don't know. But the purpose of that deal was to get a proven goalie with the to go down the stretch. Freddie Anderson's on LTR to the end of the season, and you don't want to play Jack Campbell 13 straight games. And you need to win these games with the Winnipeg Jets and Edmonton Oilers chasing you because you do not want to be forced to play Edmonton or Winnipeg in the first round. So they got David Reddick, who's going to probably split games with Jack Campbell on the stretch, who's been proven to win games. In 2018, he had 27 wins with a record of 27-9-5 and with a 9-11 and 2-6-1 goals against average. Has a career a nine phenomenal oh. Calgary team that year, though. Yeah, but he's he has a career nine oh eight save percentage, and that's for a backup goalie. That's one of the best in the league you'll find for someone who has a career nine oh eight, who's played in playoff games, who's had a starter role. So yeah, they could have got a backup goalie, but they want someone proven to win game down the stretch because with Calgary, I mean with Edmonton, Winnipeg gaining on them, they can't give up any room. And put by putting Michael Hutchinson in there, you're almost sacrificing that game. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that was an absolutely atrocious trade. It's just, okay, so pretty much what you're doing with that trade is you're saying bye to Frederick Anderson and you're committing next year to a tandem of Jack Campbell and David Riddick. Now, I do that. But do you care like, that much about seeding in the playoffs this year? Like, I, you're going to play, you're going to play Winnipeg, Edmonton, Montreal. Like, I'd rather play do Montreal. You care, do you care what order that's in? Do you care which team that is? I, I don't. I, I, the, Kyle Dubas does. If if they lose the first round, Kyle Dubas is fired. His job's on the line. If he's if they lose another first round pick, give up all these assets, he's on the line. You live in a market in Toronto where there's so much pressure on you to succeed and having four consecutive first round exits, Kyle Dubas is his ass is on the line. If they don't win, he could very well be fired next year. Man, he'll if, be fine. If, he'll be fine. If they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, like, okay, so you're not going to re-sign Nick Foligno. If that, that's just you're, just, you're just not, you don't have the cap space. So if, if you guys lose in the first, like, what, what, what you, what Kyle Dubas did this year was he gave away the 2021 draft for you guys. That, that draft's garbage. Consider that nullified for you. If you guys don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, at least, 
uh, <laughs> like serious, serious damage control. Like, I don't know what you do. Um, and, and David, man, I don't know. Like, so I want to go back to this question. You feel comfortable with a tandem of Jack Campbell and David Riddick heading into 2022, 2021-2002 season? Yeah, I'm fine with that. They both be, Jack Campbell has proven to win games on the stretch, and David Riddick's proven to win. The roster that the Leafs will put on the ice next season is better than the Flames did in 2018. And David uh, I'm 100% fine with that tandem. 27 wins. Like, like they, they don't have much better options. That's the yeah. thing. Freddie Anderson's going to get 5.5 probably around their cap hit. You're going to get David Riddick and Jack Campbell for under that. So you get two goalies under that cap hit with more salary space to spend on Zach Hyman and people like that. I, I, if you want to be a Stanley Cup contending team, I just I don't know if Jack Campbell is your number one guy. That's my only that's my only statement. It's like, yeah, sure. I saw Antoine Kadobin play phenomenal last year. Um, and I definitely think it's possible for a goalie to hit a hot streak. Look at Andrew Hammond. <laughs> like, trust me, I, I've seen it before. Jack Campbell's hitting a hot streak. I, I just, I don't know. I, if you're a Stanley Cup contending team, I don't know how you can enter a season with Jack Campbell, David Riddick, and you guys are are confident heading into yeah. the, you know, with that. The Carolina Hurricanes with the conference finals with Peter Morazic as a starter. They, a lot of teams have tandem goalies and are successful. I'm not, I'm not too, I'm more worried about ta- um, Campbell's health than I am yeah. about if he'll, I think he'll be good if he's on the ice. He's been good his pretty much entire career, NHL career um, he just, when he's on the ice. He played behind Quick his entire career too, so he never got the chance to be number one goalie. And when he played, he's successful. And when he's got the number one spot down the stretch here, he's 11 and 1, <laughs> 11 0 and 1, or whatever it is. And, and this isn't an opinion that I've had just since Campbell succeeded. I, I, I thought they should go with him. Um, next year pretty much no matter what yeah like i, I think he's a really good goalie freddie's so, also hasn't won a playoff series for the leafs too so are you really dropping that much off of zach campbell and like david reddick because fred freddie is a very good goalie but he hasn't won in the playoffs and he's hasn't played the caliber he should in the playoff series in the past d- definitely that that like fred Hampson kind of scares me a little i think jack campbell and that, that tandem scares me a lot. Um, like as Leafs fans, like what what do you what are your opinion of having six draft picks in the next two NHL drafts? Kyle Dewis, Kyle, Kyle Dewis will turn that into eight to ten picks. He always yeah, does like it. He'll trade back. And he just he'll trade back. He, he does it every year. They give away first and third round picks all the time, and he just keeps trading back and accumulates additional second round picks and third round picks until he has ten to twelve picks total but by this time next year he'll have way more than six picks i'm confident that he can flip kerfoot if he doesn't get claimed in the draft for a pick there's a lot of people on their roster they can trade for picks because they have people in the marlies that can come up and play someone like joey anderson someone like nick roberts will get minutes rasmus sandin timothy lilligan they have all these prospects who are going to be nhl writing a couple of years and people on their team right now they'll be able to flip for picks and team-friendly deals i don't know Compared to the Ottawa Senators, I think uh, the, the the feature looks very bleak for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have also, they, like, they have I, I Austin Matthews. <laughs> I don't I don't care that much about like late round picks either. Like the hit rate on those picks isn't that high. Like you see a lot of teams go through their draft, they use all their picks from rounds three to seven, and none of them become NHLers. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> like, I, it's not a huge deal. Yeah, I have a I have a side here for Willie. So if say say the Leafs make a deep run. So the David Ray is a twenty twenty two third round pick. And this is the history of the ninetieth overall pick. Which would which would that be that pick if the least finish like top four next year? I'm gonna let's talk the players. Doug this is by most points ever. Doug Sheedon, 
Tom Lidlaw, the third player of all times, Eric Gustafson, 129 points. So I would wait, like the odds of picking someone in the third round, that late in third round to be successful are so slim. And if you're getting a player that's improving your team, I'm going to take that risk. Because the odds you take, like the, the stats show, there's no really good people at, that late in the third round at that pick. The Leafs also signed all the fucking Russians. Yeah. <laughs> like, because you, well, you see what they're doing. Like they, they traded, they trade away. They're, like they're so good at, they'll be like, okay, come, come here. If you succeed in Toronto, awesome. Just like Ilya Mikheyev, everyone will love you. Yeah. You'll get different endorsements and stuff, and, and we'll give you a contract. If you don't succeed here, we'll ship you off to somewhere that will take you yeah. and will give you minutes. That's what they did uh, with Barabanov. I forget where, where did he go. He, he went for like pretty much nothing. Yeah. And Mika um, Lettinen, they flipped too for a. Yeah. So, and, and so they'll be able to sign those guys out of Russia. They'll be able to yeah. sign your Joe Thornton's, your Jason Spezza's, yeah. your Wayne Simmons on cheap contracts. Because so it's Toronto. They don't necessarily need those entry-level deals as much as other teams are because they can find value um, yeah. in other places. Yeah. Their market speaks to itself. Every hometown kid at the end of their career wants to come back to Toronto. That's been proven over the years. And people are going to take and like middle in contract, Jason Spezza, to come play for his hometown team. And when your top six is locked up for the next four or five years, so you just got to filter in Marley's players, veteran players if play on that bottom six, and it's not going to be a problem because you have very, very good prospect. Nick Robinson is going to be a top, will play in the NHL full time next year, and he's a very, very good player. Oh, boys. Like the, the, you, got a, you got a huge smile on your face. Say like this, we're saying stuff that doesn't make sense, Willie. And like, so you're. I don't get how you can say the centers have a better future. None of the centers picks have panned out. Josh Norris is your best center prospect in your system, and that is sad. <laughs> <laughs> that is sad. I'm sorry. And you know, like you're locked up. You don't have a goalie. Matt Murray. So 2018, we had two first round picks. 2019, we had one first round pick, two second round picks. One of those guys is Shane Pinto, who currently just finished second to Hobie Baker, and is Jimmy VC also won, won the Hobie Baker. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Shane Pinto's a beast. 2020, we had ten picks, including three first round picks, three second round picks. 2021, we're gonna have a top three pick. We also have uh, three second round picks. Um, these are all picks, though. Yeah, but well, like, I, like I just, none of them are proven. Like, I, I, I honestly, I, I don't understand why, why. I don't know. It, the, the, it's way to be seen. I, I don't think what Kyle Dubas did was intelligent. Um, but the, I, the I light, I, the, the Lightning did it last year, and if they won the cup, people are gonna forget it. The Lightning did the exact same thing. They flipped everything. They, they turned the first to Blake Coleman. So, and they won a cup. If they yeah, can I, win I, a cup, no one's gonna talk about this. And. It's true. Hey, you, you're right. I, I, but I, I don't think this roster is ready to win a Stanley Cup. I think in a couple of years, once players like Marner hit their prime, you'll be, you'll be more centric to hit the hit a cup. You're just going to be missing the assets that you would have accumulated right now. That's, uh, that's situation. Qu- question. I, I, I've uh, no, actually, uh, I'm, I'm kind of ready to have this conversation. After, the, after this question, though, we, we've talked about this enough. Like, yeah. Um, I don't think Austin Matthews is a generational talent. Fuck off. We're not having this again. No, no, we're going to have it right now. Uh, because I, 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 I thought about it. What, a good what do you define a generational talent as? A generational talent. Give me- this is what I got off. This is what I got off the internet. So it's defined as a generational talent is someone who can change the direction of a franchise in a new direction. 
Dang. By doing so, they acquire accolades along the way, such as MVP championships and all-star selections. So before I let you guys go, boys, I'll that's go- the fucking definition of Austin, Austin Matthews. Matthews. He came they in were the a league. dumster fire. They finished last. They made the came. playoffs. What, the one right. year he started in their team, they made the playoffs and haven't missed the playoffs since. He changed He's winning the, face the rocket of- this year. Yeah. Like, so there's your accolades and there's your change of the franchise. You just wait, don't- well, so. Do, do, is it because of the points? Do you view him as a generational talent because of the points? I don't, because he's no, because he, he dominates defensively the, too. Yeah, he can win the selfie this year. People really the Jimmy think he's winning the selfie. He won the Rocker Shard in the selfie in the same year. He's not. He's not going to win the selfie this year. But um, he's like he'll be a like top five. He's, top. he's good defensively. He's the best goal scorer in the league. He's going to be the best goal scorer in the league. The next probably years. the next five. Ten. I'll call it five years. Yeah, five tens of those. Um. Like, if he's you made that's all- your definition of generational talent, that's awesome. Matthew. The direction of this franchise, he's going to win multiple rockets. He'll probably win a heart at some point. Yeah, even well, if he doesn't win a heart, he's going to be top three like every fucking year. He he's been an all star every year. I I I, I you just I, you yeah. defined Austin Matthews. He's a top so. <laughs> three player in the NHL for the next eight years. Yeah, to, to me, a generational talent, and I, I think a perfect example of a generational talent to me, so I, I can kind of explain where my head's at, at at this point, is, you know, there's not too many. Um, if I look at the NHL, I see uh, Connor McDavid, I see Sidney Crosby, and I, I think that Alexander Ovechkin can have a conversation for yep. generational talent. I think the best example of generational talent is LeBron James in the NBA, where in the 2015 NBA, uh, he brought the Cleveland Cavaliers to the NBA Finals against uh, Game Six against the Golden State Warriors without Love or Kyrie. Uh, the Cavaliers' starting five was LeBron James. Okay, no, but, but if your fucking go. definition is the best player, no, he won't for be. 20 years. No, Connor McDavid's going to be the best player, but, but he Austin could be the Matthews is going to be number two or. Maybe number three behind McKinnon. I'd I'd say number two though. Yeah, he can generate generational talent. Isn't that up there with the same almost as a goat? No, but no, no, there's one. Yeah, I think generational talent is like three or four. But if I'm not saying like Alexander Ovechkin's one of the best, could be one of the best players all time. But if Austin Matthews puts up goal numbers like Ovechkin did or close, he's got to be in the conversation. If he makes multiple playoffs, wins multiple. Multiple Rockets wins multiple other awards and wins a Stanley Cup here. There, he's gonna be considered that. He completely changed the position of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs were a dumpster fire. They finished dead last, and ever since Austin Matthews stepped on the ice, he has changed the fan base in Toronto, which has been up. He's gave Toronto like Leaf fans hope, and he's made them into a, one of the best teams in the league for the past five years because of him. Question. No, so he's on, he would be on pace another for six- fucking question. Oh, oh. <laughs> is, is, is Patrick Kane a generational talent? No, um, I wouldn't say I'd, so. I'd, I'd almost get close to arguing that. So, so if like if you're gonna say Patrick Kane's on a generational talent, Patrick Kane, I, put I, would, very I would make the argument. I, yeah, I think well, he's in the conversation. Like, is Malcolm a generational talent? No, I don't. I don't think any of these guys are. I think the only generational talent is Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and maybe Alexander Ovechkin. Okay, if you're going on that, but yeah, there's multiple. It's it's all discretionary based on what generational talent is. But based Kane's, on your... Kane's also dog shit defensively, though. Yeah, that's the problem. If if, yeah, you, you, if Kane was asking. even if Kane was average defensively, you would say he's a generational talent. Awesome, Matthews is also a center, so that's more value than a winger. Well. 
There you have it, folks. There you have it. <laughs> we will never see eye to eye on this conversation unless Austin Matthews proves me wrong. He will. He, what's, he, what's he got to do, man? What else, what's he got to do? I, well, I said this last podcast. He's He's got to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year and really carry the Leafs. I want to see him over a point per game in the playoffs. He's done that every playoff so far. <laughs> yeah, he has, but you haven't made it past the first round of the playoffs. They've been and playing I'll, really I'll good Boston team. So, yeah. like, give them, give them a bit of a break. Those teams Love made, like, Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, they're in the best and division in hockey. And, and they took What's them to the seven, game seven. Every single time. <laughs> They, t- hey. they took Stanley Cup contending teams to Game Seven every single time. They're in the best division in hockey. It's not even close. They had the hey, excuses that's, that's, are, are like that's that's why talks. that's why the Sens will never be an elite team because they're in the division of Lightning, Leafs, and Bruins, and they'll run that division for the next couple of years. Okay, we're done. We're done. Yeah, on Leafs. We're done. We're I done. can't. I need to. Uh, I need to take a little breather. When the Leafs win the Cup this year, well, I'm just gonna laugh. Oh, I'm gonna because it's not gonna happen. Time mark this thing. They're winning the cup. You heard it here first. April 14, 2021. Leafs lose in the second or third round. Not happening. All right. Uh, any other conversations uh, today? I don't have a two minute warning. I was going to get one playing, playing, but I got a little flustered. <laughs> I have a football one. Um, if you don't have one, uh, Willie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. You don't? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll fire up uh, the football one. Give me um, one second here. Big game for the Sens tonight. They're playing against the Winnipeg Jets. I'm excited to see uh, Jean-Bernard Dockers in for Nikita Zaitsev. So I'm, I'm excited to see him play in this first game. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, Shane He's Penn- a good player. Well. He's a, he, he'll be a bottom four, like fourth, fifth defenseman in the league. Oh man, it, it, it's crazy how like you guys don't value the Sens at all. Like I, I, I honestly think like it's it, it's interesting because like you don't if, have forward if, prospects. The thing, if That's... this was uh, a football team, or if this was well, I know we can use football. If this was a football team, you guys would be drooling, man. Like man, they had three first round picks last year, three second round picks last year. Two of yeah. those first round picks was in the top five. It's it's completely different the NFL and NHL because NFL prospects usually play in the first year. NHL prospects. Boss, like they don't get to play for three or four years so you, you know what you have in nfl teams like a lot of these picks won't play until 2023 and that when they're rookies you're gonna be playing it's austin matthews mitch martin in their prime that's that's the concern when they're ready to compete they're gonna be so many young players like on that roster 2023 2023 baby they won't make the playoffs till 2025 Ha! They mark, it, ha- mark it on the calendar <laughs> like, they, they, who's their goalie they don't have a goalie they, they need have to... five goalie prospects currently in their system. Would you like me yeah. to read them out to you? Yeah, but prospects. Ian Scott and Joseph Waller are also prospects. They have currently... Justin so... Pogie was also a prospect. Here's their goalie. Matt Murray, Joey Card, Philip Gustafson, Anton Forsberg, Marcus Hogberg, Kevin Mendolzi, Matt Sogart, and Levy Morellinen. Joey Decord... Uh, you guys will... have David Riddick, who I guarantee you next year, you guys are going to hate Joey him. Decord will never be an... He'll be a... He'll never be a star in the NHL. He's... Well, you, you never know. Goal is a goal. Is a goal. Exactly. But like um, Matt Murray, don't even put Matt Murray in that discussion. Matt Murray isn't. Look what he's done this year. I don't care. It's about a bad team. It's like an 865 save percentage. Yeah. He's a guy who has, who has to prove himself to me. Um, I think, you know, he's, I mean, he's only 26 years old. I'm going to end on this. The Sens have a lot of prospects. They have a great future, but they're prospects and prospects don't only pan out. 
if everyone pans out, yes, they're going to be, an, I think, an elite team, but they're prospects, so you can't really predict in the future. All um, right. Here's, here's my question for you guys. Who is the youngest starting quarterback in the NFL right now? Um, oh, I, I think I think it's him. The answer may surprise you. Fuck. I'm trying to think. Justin Herbert's a senior. Oh, I, I thought Justin, Justin, Herb- Justin Herbert. Yeah, I know it, he's a senior. Kyler Murray? Oh, no, he, he played too long. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, 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 it's, 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 it's Sam, it's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's 21 or 22. It's got, I'm pretty sure, I think he's 22. Sam Darnold? No, no, Sam Darnold got drafted three years ago. He's also 20, he's literally, he was 20, 20 years old when he got drafted. He's, he's 20, just, he's 23. He's, he's like number five. He's like number uh, five. Is it Tua? Nah, he's like 23. <laughs> it's not Tua. This guy played with Tua in college. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. It's Jalen Hurts. Like, can you believe that Jalen Hurts is younger he than seems, Tua? That's. I thought because Tua is a. That, that's actually concerning. I didn't get. I thought. Yeah. That, that came that the same draft. No, that made no sense to me when I saw it. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's a good one. That's, uh, that, that that was a, a fun episode. Uh, <laughs> all all uh, the listeners, you know, enjoyed our our debates. We'll put on the Instagram who has better setup for the future. We'll, we'll, we'll let the Instagram followers speak. Uh, it's not even speak. close, man. It's Willie, shut the fuck up. Man, you don't have a player like Austin Matthews and you never will. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. We have, uh, they're, they're, you know. <laughs> like, who's going to, who's going to, what center okay, is going to awesome? Done. We're done. We're done. We're not getting into this we're again. Done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Oh man, thank you, you for listening. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone. And shout out Hickory Dickory next. Take it easy. <laughs>